thank you so much for praying this morning. Let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 14. And we're talking about hell back no more. Hell back no more. Numbers 14. And it's the whole chapter, but I will not read it. I'll just read verse 1 to 4 uh, for, yeah, and then take it up from there. Um, then the whole, and I'm reading from the NLT. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. So um, I'm, I'm talking about held back no more held back no more um this crowd of people who are complaining about how god had brought them out from egypt now when the bible tells us when we read the story of the children of israel coming out of egypt it typifies the christian coming out of darkness coming out of enslavement to sin and to satan and then coming into the victory of walking with Christ and eventually reigning with Christ. Actually, we begin to reign with Christ here on earth before we enter into glory. And so um, it's important for us to see that picture. Um, and in the same way, uh, as they complain, there are many today who complain. And I've been talking about patience the last couple of weeks. And um, somehow this, from all of that was born this message that, you know, we are to be held back no more. And there are things we have to do. There are steps we have to take. And there's a wisdom that comes to us so that we are not held back. This is divine wisdom, not just the wisdom of this world. Okay? So um, the children of Israel were complaining. They were full. I have said, I've said before that these guys seem to have a degree in complaining. They were professional complainers. Any little thing, complain. Any little thing, complain. They always love to complain. And they were complaining because the report that the spies had brought back of the land that God had sent them to, to, to go and conquer, they, 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 they were giants in the land. And they were worried about, you know, meeting giants. They were worried about overcoming giants. They were worried about all of the things that they would have to, the battles that they would have to go through. Here's one thing I need to tell you. Whoever you are, whether you are a Christian or non-Christian, as long as you're a human, human being on the planet, Job chapter 14 verse 1 tells us that man is of a few days and is born, man born of woman is of a few days and is born unto trouble. Then from the moment you are born into this world, you begin to face challenges. The challenge of learning how to eat and swallow. The challenge of learning how to walk. The challenge of learning how to, um, you know, uh, of, 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 of uh, obeying parents. The challenge of relationships with friends, keeping their toys away from you and not wanting to share with you or snatching your toy. The challenge of bullies. The challenge of, you know, running and getting hurt and, you know, the pain. Life is full of challenges and trouble. And, and so the, the earlier people learn not to murmur, the earlier people learn not to complain, the better for us. The quicker, the healthier for us, and the more we are able to do great things for God. Because God needs someone who is not a complainant. God needs someone who is not always murmuring. God needs people who have a grateful attitude of heart. God needs people who are thankful. Very, very important. The question I have for you today is, what are you, what am I holding on to that's holding us back? These people, when you read the story in, in uh, Numbers chapter 14, it gets to a point where um, <laughs> God says, because of what you have said, we'll hopefully see that later, 
because of what you have spoken, you said that I brought you into the wilderness to kill you and your children. Okay, here's what's going to happen. You, what you have said is what I will do to you. You will not get into the promised land. You are taken from Egypt to go to the promised land. But your complaining has cut that short. So I'll fulfill that word in your children, the next generation, but not you. And this is why even today, there are many believers who have trapped themselves in complaining attitude. And do you know, the funny thing about it is that the, bigger, the, the place where we complain the most is the church. In fact, there are Christians who complain about the church more than they complain about the government. They complain about the church more than they complain about where they work. They just need something to set them off. And we're living in a time now where people are extremely sensitive. They just need, just, just give me a reason. Just give me one little reason. And I will show you what I'm made of. Mm-hmm. That person is not made of Christ because uh, Christ doesn't go around sucking people want to tell them what he's made of, right? What are you holding on to that's holding you back? What were these people holding on to? Do you know what they were holding on to? Can you tell me? They were holding on to an experience in Egypt. They were holding on to their life in Egypt. They were holding on to the cucumbers and the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the melons and all that stuff. That's what they were holding on to in Egypt. What they had experienced in Egypt was what was important to and for them. It didn't matter that God was taking them on to. They couldn't see the vision of a better tomorrow. And so they kept holding on. And that's one of the problems. When you hold on to the past or you hold on to things that have happened before or you start looking because of the difficulties that you have right now, those are just temporary. I want you to look back a year ago or two years ago. Just look at where your life was. Look at what you were going through. And just imagine two years ago, one year ago, seven years ago, where were you? What prayers did you pray? How then will God now abandon you today, right now? <laughs> why would God, if God, if God kept you and brought you to where you are today, why would he abandon you here? These guys were complaining. They were on a journey, being taken by the almighty God to the promised land. And they began to complain and murmur and actually began to accuse God of planning to kill them. And that's what complaining is. Complaining is accusing God. When a Christian begins to complain, we are actually accusing God. And actually we are saying that God is not big enough. We are saying that God, you have planned to do otherwise. That's why God loves a thankful heart. In fact, the Bible says we should be thankful, right? Give thanks in what? In all things. So these guys were being held back by their experiences of the past, what they considered good experiences. They were not looking for best. For them, it was okay to have good. And yet, what was good wasn't good. They were slaves. They had no rights. But for them, it's better than facing the challenge of overcoming and living in the promised land. Friends, we are mostly limited by what's going on inside of us rather than what's going on outside. What's going on outside can't stop you. Look at all of the stories of people who have succeeded in one field or the other. In sports, 
in athletics, in business, in ministry, whatever, all of them have one thing in common. They didn't give up. There will be more than, if, if you try to move forward, you will find that there's something trying to push you back. Is that the way it works? I think it's Newton's law of motion. How many laws did he have in physics? Three or four? Three, I know you will know. Okay, three. <laughs> he has three laws of, mo of motion. And one of them is that to every what? Action. There's an equal and opposite what? Reaction. That's one of Newton's laws of motion. And so when you are moving forward and trying to, there will be, you just must face opposition. Now, I want you to say this after me. And please say it, believe it. But there's another statement too that you should say and believe. So say with me, opposition, opposition. is a reality of life. But with every opposition, comes opportunity to rise up higher. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. How many of you have actually planned something out in your mind? Okay, I'll go do it like this. I'll save this much money. I'll do this. And, and everything was like perfectly planned in your mind. But when it was time for implementation, it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. Okay, so we are mostly limited by what's going on inside rather than what's going on. So I ask you, what's going on inside of you? That's where the limitation is coming from. What you believe inside is more powerful than what is outside of you. So when we came into the building this morning, I said, oh, look at the mess. Oh, my goodness. If there are new people today, what happens? How will they see us? Well, that can limit me. That can, def that can completely make us feel deflated and not want to go on. And then when it's time to sing, it's like, oh, you imagine there's chairs in the way. We don't sing. So I like that text. It was sent to me by Amanda, by the way. You know? What if we take away the cool music? So I'm going to ask you right now. What if we take away the cool music? The cushion chairs. Actually, there are no cushion chairs here. So you guys have done very well for the last two years. <laughs> you know? What if the screens are gone and the stage is no longer decorated? I'm asking you. What if the air conditioning is off and the comforts are removed? I'm asking you, will, would his word be enough? Have you ever read his scripture, the scriptures on the beach or out in the open, just under the trees, read the scriptures and see the difference it makes? Sometimes you get so conditioned to a particular way of doing it. Have you ever gone for a walk in the summer morning, on a summer morning, sorry, and just talk to God while you are doing that? Do you know that actually the, the, uh, the, 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 the fathers of faith didn't have the scriptures the way we have it today? When you go to Genesis, Exodus, uh, Genesis, Exodus Leviticus, all of those were not available the way we have it today. Everyone has a print. You, you can access a Bible. And by the way, do you know that the Bible is still number one selling book till this very day? I actually went to pick up Bibles for the event for Family Fun Day at uh, Give the Word. So I had called Ryan, uh, you know, the, uh, the director there, and I said, you know, we, we should meet and all that. I wanted to even have a chance to talk to him and see how things have been going with their ministry. And uh, he was here one time, I think two years ago, to share and testify of what God is doing, and maybe we'll ask him to come back next year. And he gave Bibles to every one of us to, to, to give out. And when 
when I got there, uh, he had my Bibles ready for, uh, for the event. And then we started talking. And I said, so how are things going? I see, you know, is your office in this same warehouse? He says, no, my office is upstairs. He shared his space with the Youth for Christ in the Youth for Christ building. And I said, wow, how is this, uh, like, uh, how is business? How is, you know, he says, you know what? The, the, the Bibles are flying out like you wouldn't believe it. He says, I several boxes leave here every day, Monday to Friday. Give the word. They are going around Manitoba, Canada, and different parts of the world. He's just, and he started it from just, God said, this is what I want you to do. Give the word. So why wouldn't you support a ministry like that? You know? So if, the, if, if we didn't have all of this, will, would the word be sufficient? Would it be sufficient for his people to come together? Would we come and say, let's sit down together in spite of all of the... And for some of us, we've grown up in Canada where, you know, things seem to be, you know, there's no traffic on any given day. When there's traffic, you say there's traffic, but there isn't traffic. It's nothing compared to Mumbai or Lagos, Nigeria. Or, or, or yeah, that when you see traffic, where you have a 30-minute drive and you, it's two hours. Two hours for a 30-minute drive. Because there's cars all over the way and there's no traffic lights. Nobody obeys the traffic lights. It's just going on and off. Nobody cares. And there's bikes and bicycles and trams. And people push carts of fruits and vegetables all coming together in the same way. Even animals too are crossing the street. The same thing. <laughs> yes. And the police just stand by and are looking. Nobody's helping anybody. You just wait until, you know, yeah. One time I was in traffic like that and, and uh, a hearse came by. Somebody had died too. They were also going through. Uh, that's how bad it gets. So sometimes when we say, oh, there's traffic here from Winnipeg to uh, East St. Paul, it's like, I mean, downtown to East St. Paul, it's like, yeah, this, isn't, this, isn't, this ain't traffic, you know. But we're, you know, almost you want to slam your horn and get out of the way. No. The roads are okay. You're not going through some thing and, you know. <laughs> uh, we do have a lot to complain about. We do have a lot to worry about. So for some of us, it's, we've not had the, that experience of having church in a difficult... Uh, I, some people live in countries where the church is bombed out on a Sunday and then they have to find a place. They arrive and their church has been bombed out. They can't have worship. They say, okay, what do we do? Well, we'll just stand outside and worship. Haven't you seen pictures on the internet? People go into the building that was burnt by arsonists, by people of other faiths who don't want the Christian faith around them. So they burn the building. And the next Sunday, those people go and you wonder, well, aren't you scared that they could kill you? Well, they go to their building to faithfully worship their God. So you have those conditions. And that's what David Platt is saying. Would the word be what? Be enough. Would it be enough? I've had families ask me, what's your youth program like? I say, well, one time I told a woman, she said, well, what's your youth program like? Do you have a youth program? I said, yes, we do. Says, uh, and then she started asking me all these questions that uh, I said, well, sorry, we're not a mega church. We don't have that. But if your children come to our church, their lives will never remain the same. She, uh, they wanted a place that had all of those things. And, and it's okay. People will, will go wherever. But here, here's the point. I said to her, what would you, what if you were a missionary and your child was born in some country like Mongolia? Actually, I know some missionaries who have kids from, who had their, who raised their kids overseas. 
And those kids are so well adjusted, it's unbelievable. You wonder how. In fact, many of them end up becoming missionaries. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because of how God has worked, they've seen God work in their family over the years. They know, and God touches them in a very unique way. So, it's, it's up to us. Are we going to believe God and just let him be God in our lives, or we're going to do it our way? I've said so much on this point. Let's, let's keep going. We're limited by what's going on inside rather than what's going on on the outside. There are things you won't have until you give God what he wants. Things we won't have until we give God what he wants. If you look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 5 to 7, it says that Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Japune, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. On and on they go. I'm reading more than I wanted to read, but they go on to say, do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of people. So uh, we see four guys, Moses, Aaron, Caleb, and Joshua. Bible says the leaders were the ones falling before the people. When leaders begin to fall before a people to beg them, please don't lose your opportunity. It's a serious matter. But here, many people, and that's our problem. North America today, many of us Christians are very stubborn. Because we feel we can just go on without God. We can do whatever we want. So leaders are begging. We have to beg people to come to church early. We have to beg people to give their finances. If they don't come to church, they don't give. If they show up in church, then then they give whatever little they give. We have to beg people to tithe. Because if watch a YouTube video that says, oh, tithing, you you don't need to do that. We have to beg people to put their children in the kids' ministry. We have to beg people. Why do we have to beg? They fell on their faces. When the leaders are falling on their faces to say, please, to God's people, there's a problem. There's a problem. And a revival is needed. And what is it that we need to give God? We will look at that later. But the, the, the Caleb and Joshua, uh, Joshua, they said, if... If the Lord is pleased with us, what they were saying is, don't displease the Lord with your behavior, with your attitude, with your speech. Don't displease him. So some of us displease God with how we behave, with our speech, with the things we do. But we don't know that when we are behaving in a very, uh, with a bad attitude, it's a seed we are sowing. And the last one on this point, on, on, the, on the first section of this, is that presumption is costly. These people, after they realize they have made a mistake, in Numbers chapter 14, verse uh, 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 41 to 45, they say, let's, 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 um, let's uh, get ourselves together. We know God will fight for us. Let's go back. Let's go, and, uh, let's, let's go and take the promised land. And they went and they were beaten by the enemy. Presumption. A lot of times people just think, oh, we can just do whatever. No, you can't do whatever. We need to go back to him and find from him. Are you going through any problem in your family? Any situation your kids are going to? If you bring it to the Lord, if you cry before him, set a time to fast and pray. Remember how I told you that the threefold cord, the Bible said the threefold cord is not quickly broken. And what's the threefold cord? Every Christian, Jesus taught us three things we have to do. Give, pray, 
Those are the three things. He says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Three. Those are the three legs upon which our faith stands. These are the things we have to do as believers. These are the spiritual exercises that we must engage in. Our giving is important because it takes from us what is so key. When we give our finances, when we give our time, when we give our treasures, when we give our titles, who we are in the public domain. When we say, look, I'm a big director, so I don't sit with ordinary people. You come into church and you serve. Those things show that we are humble. Our giving. Very important. And then when we pray, as a church, we have to pray together. As individuals, we have to pray. As a family, we have to pray together. You have to have your own personal time with God when you pray and then when you fast. You have to have one day in a month or one day a week where you fast. One day a week may be too much for some people, but at least in any given month, take one day where you fast and pray. One day where you fast and pray. What does God want? The Lord wants your heart above all else. In Mark 12, 28 to 30, Jesus was asked the question, which is the greatest of all the commandments. And he says, love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart. That's what he wants. He wants all your heart. And you see Joshua got it right. So I, we see two people, right? Among the spies. Joshua, who led the, who led the other spies to spy out the land, came back with the report. Joshua and Caleb were amongst them. They were the two who said, no, 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 guys. Let's not bring a wrong attitude before the Lord. The two of them, Joshua and Caleb. A few weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, last week, I can't remember, I talked about Caleb. Let's talk about Joshua. What was Joshua doing? If you go to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Exodus 33, 11. You will see what the Bible says about this young man who was an assistant to Moses. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. So Joshua had a desire to see more. Long before he was appointed a leader, long before he was made a captain of a group of people to spy the promised land, Joshua had been sitting in the tabernacle after Moses leaves, after Moses has had an encounter with God. Joshua will be at the back watching, say, ah, what's this thing this guy is always doing? I want it. When Moses leaves, he goes closer. <laughs> Let me see if I'll hear anything. All of that time, the king of kings, the host of heaven, were watching this young man. Say, okay, this is the one who will lead. Where every other person were, were grumbling, having a grumble fest, complaint party. Momoramia. While they're doing all of that, Joshua was looking. Say, huh? What's what 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 what's that glory cloud that descends anytime Moses goes into? So when he leaves, he remains. I want this. It's the Elisha Elijah principle. Some people follow close enough. To get what God has to give. Hmm. 
Okay? Joshua got it right. Are you getting it right today? See, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. The heart of every matter is what? A matter of the heart. If we give it all, we'll see what Psalm 81 verse 13 to 14 says. Can we put that up? Psalm 81, 13 to 14. Do we have it? Let's read it together, everybody. Oh, that my people... Okay, let's do it again. One, two, go, everybody. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. God says, if we, and Daza Hezekiah, would listen to him, and I found that honestly in my own personal life, if I would listen to the Lord soon enough, if I would walk in his ways soon enough, I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against the adversary. And a lot of times, we don't know that we are not walking in God's way. We think we are because we attend church, we pray, we do the thing, we fast. There are people who fast and they don't get results. They wonder, why am I not getting results? Because you've not asked him how you should walk. You assumed, you presume this is the way to do it and you are doing it that way. That's why you are not getting the results. Now, there are some results that are time sensitive. It, it Only when the time comes, you will see the result. But there are others that should happen and they're not. What you need to check is, could I be doing things wrong all along? And I didn't know. And God has been trying to point to me. See, a lot of times God speaks to us, but we don't hear because we have a way we think we hear from God. Let me give you an example. In the mornings on Sunday for many, many years now, whether I like it or not, at a certain time on Sunday, I will wake up. There are rarely, there are rare occasions where, I, because I, 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 if I'm tired, very tired, that, yeah, but most of the time, Sunday morning between 3 and 5, I, something happens to me. I can't explain it. I can't tell you that, that this is what I did to, to get it. I can't. Even if I don't feel like preaching, honestly, once I, my eyes pop open and I become aware of myself, I will hear things within my spirit. Sometimes it will be a song. Sometimes it will be an instruction. Sometimes it will be a warning. Sometimes it will be something about somebody else that I have to tell them. It's, just, it's been like that for many years. And I don't, most of the time I don't eat on Sunday. It's not just, I can't just, if I see the food, it's just, I just walk away from it. I don't feel drawn to food. I fasted like that for many years on Sunday. Now I can now think because of what I'm doing, this place should be full. That's not how it works. God may have a message for this Jesse here, for this lady here. And that's my assignment. My assignment may be to lead this man to his death. My assignment may be to raise this kid up. You, you have to understand that what God is more interested in his work than he is in our own fame. <laughs> He's more interested in us doing his, what he wants than what we think we want. I've preached a long sermon this morning. <laughs> Friends, the heart of a matter is a matter of the heart. If, if we make the necessary confessions, if we make it our life goal to please him, then God will surprise us in due season. And every seed you sow, every plant, everything you've put in place, 
you have loaded your clouds for a day of blessing. I want to tell you today, as a believer, I've said this before, but I feel I should say it again. I preached a message on this. But if we will pray, if we will give, if we will fast, make a decision. It's happening. North America is waking up to that reality today. And I thank God for what's happening to the church. Because it's causing us to realize if we don't wake up, we will lose a whole generation. It's the only thing. Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He was speaking about a demon that threw a kid into the fire and into the water. But if you look at the principle behind the verse, because Jesus speaks about principles. The principle there is problems that are cyclical that seem to have no end. And if the church bands together, soon we'll have a day of fasting and prayer. We have to do it together. You will see the results in your own personal life and in the church in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's not think that we know it all. And this is, I've been doing it like this. Some of us, if somebody gave us a word, if we don't respect that person, we will not receive it. God sends people to us every day. You know the funny thing? The people God is sending to you are not the people you think. You want to hear it from Andaza Hezekiah, but it may not come from me. It may come from somebody. Some of us won't have anybody else pray for us except a certain person. That's the person we pray. That's why you are not getting results. Because you have to pray with this person. And God says, no, that's not how I work. Who are you to dictate how heaven will answer? Let's pray. Held back no more. Hmm. Father, I ask, oh God, for insight, for wisdom, for understanding. Help us to become more flexible. Did you know Israel were not flexible? And they lost an opportunity of a lifetime. Give us your grace today and always, as you've always done. We trust you, we believe you. Help us to have total trust. A total trust mindset in Jesus' mighty name. Please, let's pray these words together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love and your grace showered upon us. We ask, oh God, for your mercy as we go forward in faith. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.